Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm glad you all came today because we are talking about something really important, and that is mom guilt. And, you know, I'm a mom of five. Uh, My kids are now moms, and I guarantee you that if you're thinking no one feels guilty about this life that we lead as a parent and as a mom, you're, you're surely mistaken, because I have to say at some point in time, everyone has felt guilty about something in their parenting journey, and I'll share some of mine, and even as a parenting coach, we feel guilty. There are things that go wrong. And things that are like, wow, I probably could have handled this a whole lot better. So today I have Alicia Lyons with me and she is a mom support coach and all about conquering that mom guilt. That's what her mission is because it needs to be conquered and we need to realize that we're all doing the best we can. And as in life, sometimes things don't go our way and that doesn't make us a bad parent. And just because society tells us to do certain things and we're not doing it the way they say we should do it, that also doesn't mean we're a bad parent. You have to do the best you can do and you have to live your life as stress-free as possible because remember, your kids feel everything you feel. So I would like to introduce you to my guest, Alicia Lyons. Hi, Alicia. Thanks for being on with me. Absolutely. And I agree with 100% of what you just said. <laughs> Good. We blend. So, uh, so let's talk a little bit about how you got on this journey to help other parents, other moms specifically, take care of that mom guilt. And, you know, what happened in your parenting life that did that? And if you could just tell a little bit about your family, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Um, uh, I'll try to sh- share the uh, Reader's Digest version because it could good, go. <laughs> good. And you know what? I always say that, Alicia, and, and I think, do people even know what that is anymore? Right. <laughs> well, as a, is as a writer. Is not just still there? Is it still I out? Know. I don't know either. <laughs> so anyway, it's, a, it's an abbreviated version. Reader's Digest was a magazine, and I don't know if it's still out, but all their stories literally were written so that you could read them on the toilet. So that's like their whole, that was like their whole goal. And it was, it was a great magazine. Okay. So I go off track. Go ahead. So um, I, I started a home-based business even before I was pregnant. Uh, I just got tired of corporate America. And so I started a home-based business and um, the person that brought me into the business was a stay-at-home mom. And I wanted to be a mom and we were uh, 
my husband and I immediately started trying for a family and it took a little bit longer than uh, I would have preferred. <laughs> but um, I, so I got into this home-based business and I was always a stay-at-home mom um, or a work from home mom. And, um, we, he, my husband and I split up when he was about uh, 14 months old. So if we were going to say what was the first thing that I felt guilty about, I, I would probably say that, um, because I, I was in that same situation when I was a kid. Uh, so I was about a year old when my parents got divorced. So I knew that I, he wasn't going to remember a whole lot about it. And um, so it was not something that got really deep. But I, when I went through the divorce, I had, I had gotten to a level in the business that I was in um, where I was a leader in the company and I had to step down. And so in a matter of, I don't know, six months, everything that I was proud of in my life was stripped away from me. So I went from, you know, feeling pretty good about myself to feeling just like an utter failure um, up to and including being a mom because my son started exhibiting uh, behaviors that I didn't know what to do with. Um, ultimately he was diagnosed uh, high functioning autistic. Um, but at the time I was just like, what is wrong with this kid? What's wrong with me? Like, what, you know? Um, so when I stepped down from this leadership role, I always wanted to get back. And I got into uh, a program that was going to help me get there. And then I took another program and I got into another program all with the same teacher. And I, all, and I really, what I fell in love with was all this personal development stuff. Uh, so I, I became a life coach and I knew I wanted to work with moms but I didn't know what exactly I wanted to work with. Um, so I was about to go to another training that was a live event for five days. And right before this event, I went to the doctor for my son. Um, and this, um, so I skipped over part of the story. I apologize. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, so my, when my son was about four years old, he, uh, I sent him to a babysitter, um, somebody that I trusted and, um, she was inappropriate with him. And I trusted this person because she was 13, uh, but her mom was also there. So in my world, a 13 year old girl with a mom in the home is not going to do anything that's going to harm my son. Right. <laughs> that was the world that I lived in. Um, I soon found out that that's not the world that everybody else lives in. And that's not real. That wasn't reality. So I did all the things that you're supposed to do in that situation. I, I made a police report. Um, I got my son counseling uh, and I called child protective services because again, a 13 year old girl doesn't do this unless it's been done to her. Right. So nothing ever came of any of it. So that part might've been part of the, these feelings that I started feeling, but I never really addressed anything with me. It was all child centric and let's fix the problem. Um, let's do all the things that a good mom does in this situation. And I never thought about how it affected me at all. So fast forward about two years, three years. 
um, and I'm going to the doctor for him. I brought this situation up to the doctor and they wanted to go through all of the things again. They wanted to file a police report. They wanted to do child protective, call child protective services. And I just, I was so angry in that moment that I walked out of the doctor's office. And at that point I had gone through so much of this, um, this personal development that I was, I didn't get irrationally angry anymore. And in that moment I felt irrational. And so that was a clue to me that something else was going on. And so I texted my life coach at the, at the time. And I said, I think I might feel guilty about something. Um, so we walked through this, this guilt process uh, that they, that my coaching program teaches. And it was like having just 50 pounds of weight lifted off my shoulders to realize that, that I wasn't the one that let him get hurt. Cause that's how I was holding on to that story is if I was a better mom, this situation never would have happened. And that's so common with so many situations with momhood. It's like, what did I not do to prevent what happened? How did this happen? And, you know, I had a, a incident with um, one of my stepsons and uh, when he was 20, I think it was 20, um, he tried to commit suicide and I was the one that found him. And at that moment, when you're looking at your child laying there on the floor with blood, with sliced wrists, you're like, wow, what, what didn't I do? What could I have done? How did I not know he was even contemplating this? Gratefully, he's okay. But, you know, there are times throughout parenting that we're like, how, how did I not see this coming? What could I have done different? And, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about what I do with parents and what you do is so important because we need to, you know, guilt is, is a strong emotion that really is an unproductive emotion. So, uh, so let's talk a little bit more about the next step and how you got into this. So uh, the next thing that happened, I, I was in a marketing program and, and we call um, our target like I think the word niche is is kind of out there, um, but we call our niche our seeker because there's people in the world that are seeking the information that we have. Um, and so I was in a marketing program again with the same teacher, and uh, he one of the assignments was to do seeker interviews and interview. And so I knew I, I I still knew I wanted to work with moms. I didn't know what I wanted to do with them still, but I knew I wanted to work with moms. And so I started interviewing them. And based on the questions I was asking and the answers I was getting, I'll, everything that I heard come out of every single mom's mouth was about, was guilt. And so I ended up writing a book based on a lot of the, a lot of the guilt that I felt was coming from these interviews that I did. Um, and 
the reason that I started with a book was because at that point, my confidence was in writing more than speaking. So, and, and can I interrupt and just ask what your book is called? My book is called Good Moms Don't Lies, Truths, and How to Conquer Mom Guilt. Okay, because um, I know that's still available to people. Yes, it is. So yes. We can talk Absolutely. about it again later. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so the inside the the book, there's um, there's lies that we tell ourselves that good moms don't do X, Y, Z. And then the truth is that there's an exception to every one of these rules. So that's kind of how, how guilt is created is you mentioned societal pressures. At some point, we have an idea of what a good mom does or doesn't do. And whether it comes from society, whether it comes from our own parents, um, the last chapter of the book is called Good Moms Don't Get Sad. And when I, when I wrote that chapter, I was thinking about my own mom because I grew up with a very sad mom. And my, my mom still to this day, she's better now. But when I was growing up, she wasn't a very happy person. She loved us. I felt loved. Um, but I see ways that her unhappiness has affected my own life. And so one of the reasons that I am so passionate about helping moms is because I want, I think every child deserves a mom that is happy and inside the guilt that it's, it's just complete happiness is not possible. And, and you as a mom are worthy of happiness. You know, I think with all another reason I'm on this mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids is because when you're yelled at as a child, when you kind of grow up in that kind of aggressive environment, you wind up thinking that nothing you do is right. Everything is wrong. You feel unworthy of success or happiness or love. You, you basically feel like you're a failure. And you grow up not hating your parents, but hating yourselves. And all those voices in our heads, that second guessing that we do all the time, am I you know, doing the right thing? And parents do it and moms do it so much stems from those voices that were put in our heads when we were children. And you need to know that all of us are human. And with our humanity, we are allowed to make mistakes and we are allowed do-overs and we are allowed to recognize that in making a mistake you're allowed to apologize to your child because that gives them permission to make mistakes and them to apologize so but sometimes we're just so hard on ourselves and our momship we want to be like the perfect moms and it doesn't exist i'm here to tell you i mean all the advice you can get being a better, you know, the best mom you can be and learning the most you can learn in life. I always say, make it a tradition in your house to learn something new every day. That is the goal. Not that you're never going to make a mistake. Not that something might go wrong in your child's journey. But it's not 
you know, being guilty about it is not going to solve anything. So how do you help when you talk to moms that have gone through this, because we all have, how do you help them? Like, what advice can you give a mom that's listening? Because I know if there's a mom listening, she's gone through this. She's feeling guilty. <laughs> so I'm actually... Can you help them with? <clears throat> I think I've met two women that told me straight out that they never had mom guilt. And that's it. Like two women ever. And I never, I didn't poke at them to, to try and find it. Because <laughs> I'm like, if you don't feel it, then you don't feel it. But um but that's also kind of dangerous because I, I don't know that I would have said that I felt guilty about that situation with my son. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer your question, but like what it did to my relationship with my son before I let it go, I didn't realize until after I let it go. One of my coping mechanisms is I'm going to leave you before you have a chance to hurt me. That's been a pattern in my life. And so I was and looking- probably stem from when your parents were separated and divorced. And I'm, I'm sure. You know, that's one of the things left over from divorce and separation is you feel like, well, if one can go, anyone can go, you know? So, sorry. Oh yeah, you're fine. Um, <laughs> I, so I, that was a pattern of mine. I was looking into the future and I was- imagining my son coming to me at some point as an adult and saying, how come you didn't protect me? And I don't think that I could handle this child that I love so much coming to me and saying that to me. And so in my everyday actions, I was, I was keeping a distance between me and him. His favorite thing in the world is to cuddle with me. And every morning I would probably give him about 30 seconds of cuddling before I would think of something I needed to get up and do. When the reality is those things aren't that important if he's cuddling me, you know, the dishes can wait, the laundry can wait, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and when I let it go, I, I, I mean, we'll snuggle for 15 minutes in the morning, given that we have the time. <laughs> Um, so now I forgot what the question was. Uh, what can moms do? Yeah. What just, just, um, you know, some things that you do to help moms who are feeling guilty at some various time during their journey. So it is very individualized because something that works with one mom might not work with another. And, um, but I'll, I'll give you these two examples. So, uh, one of one mom that I just talked to a couple of days ago was feeling guilty for putting her child in daycare. And I talked, I had, I was Facebook messaging her about a week before she was putting her son in daycare. And then I talked to her the day after the first day of daycare. And after that first day, 90% of her guilt had gone away because she found a daycare that was incredible incredible. I've never heard of such a thing where they send you pictures of your child throughout the day. It's like, that's amazing. I love that. My grandson, my grandson is in a daycare like that. That's so cool. I, and, and, um, she saw her son, you know, laughing and playing and smiling and just really enjoying himself. So that was a big part of her guilt was that he was going to be missing her. Um, 
and she and I talked for about 30, 30 minutes or so. And um, during the conversation, I, I wasn't really getting from her like the core of what was creating the guilt. And so I asked her, you know, what's something that you can be positive about for your future? in with this situation. And she said, well, I have a, I have a great company, a great daycare that's taking care of my son's needs when I can't. And that language was like lightning bolt to my head. And I was like, whoa, let's shift that just a little bit because they're taking care of physical needs while you're and emotional needs while you're taking care of different needs of his. And she just broke down in tears. And so that was, that was her release. And my friend, my other friend, her daughter says to her, to her father, I miss mommy. Mom guilt, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I said those exact same things to her and it didn't help. And so it is super individualized, but it does kind of boil down to those good mom rules that we have. So if you're feeling guilty about something, what's the rule that you're breaking? What does a good mom do or what does a good mom not do that you're doing or not doing, right? Um, Figure out what the rule is. And then there's an exception to every rule. So even, you know, murder is against the law. And if you kill someone in self-defense, it's excused. You're not going to, you're most likely, you're not going to jail for killing someone in self-defense. So finding that exception to your rule that you feel like you're breaking. Yeah, you really have to find what the truth is. You really have to ask yourself is if this is whatever you're feeling, is that true? Because so often we're judging ourselves and it's not true. We're, you know, we're saying things like, how could you be so stupid? How can you be such an idiot? How did we not realize we did that? It's not true. You're not stupid. You're not an idiot. Maybe you just didn't, weren't aware of something, you know, and, and part of parenting is allowing your child to grow their independence, allowing them to get out on their own and learn things, not hovering, not micromanaging them, because then they never do learn. They have to learn how to resolve conflict. They have to learn how to deal with disappointment. These are things they have to learn how to do that you help them with, but you don't do for them. And very often, when something happens, your child gets disappointed or they get into trouble. We're like, oh, that's somehow our fault because we let that happen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you have to let certain things happen on their journey. So, you know, that is part of your journey. And the other thing I want to talk about is comparing. Like mm-hmm. parents, moms, so often we're comparing our journey to someone else's journey. We see mm-hmm. someone in the park and like, wow. Their, their kids are like perfect. They must be the perfect parent. We have no clue what that person has gone through, you know? So maybe you could talk a little bit about that. There, 
there were so many times before my son was in early intervention or maybe when he was just starting and we would go to the park and it would be time to go and he would just scream bloody murder when we had to leave and the per the mom and the person that I was at that time I was so concerned with other people thinking that I was perfect which is exhausting because I was trying to be everyone else's perfect version of Alicia. So I would have to figure out what your perfect version of Alicia is and then be that person for you completely. Yes, it's exhausting living up to other people's expectations or what you think other people's expectations are. Exactly. And it's completely impossible because you're not exactly. ever everyone. You know, I'm pretty sure even Mother Teresa had haters. Like, it's like... You can't please everyone. And so, but at that time, it was just, to me, it was so embarrassing because other moms, kids aren't screaming bloody murder, leaving the house or leaving the park. And, and maybe they were, I, and I didn't see it, but it was like that, that comparison is the best way to create misery. And this first mom that I was talking about, she, one of the things that was creating her misery was that she's the only one in her family that ha is sending her child to daycare. So her sister and her other sister and her sister-in-law, like they're all stay-at-home moms. And the funny thing about that to me is that this woman has been working a job since she was 10 years old. She told me, I don't even think that she would be happy being a stay-at-home mom. You know, so there's these societal pressures. That's that, right. And, and that's the point. The yeah. point is society puts all these pressures on you. There is nothing more detrimental to your health and the health of your child than stress. And if you're, you know, it's like people that think, well, I should be nursing my child for like a year. And yet the nursing isn't going well. They're totally stressed out about it. You know, herds of humans roam this earth that were never nursed and they're alive and well to talk about it. You know, those pressures, what's good for one person may not be good for you. You may be the type of person that honestly, I need to go to work. I need to have that. I need to get away. Because if I'm home all the time, I'm going to be irritable, cranky, and yelling and screaming, and I'll be a terrible, right, I'll be a terrible parent. That's me. So, I, you know, yeah. I, I, my, my, my brain is always doing something, and it's, it's been, it, I've always been a writer, I've always been a creator, and so the idea of, of, of not doing something to contribute in the world, I don't know that that I would be happy that way. And so having this home-based business was kind of the best of both worlds um, because, it, I mean, it was kind of beautiful. He got to come with me to work for the first six months. And, uh, and then after that, I had a babysitter in the next room with me just because he's getting a little, little moving a little bit too much, a little fussy. And it was a distraction for me. So I had a friend come and watch him during my appointments. And then as time went on, we found different solutions to that. So 
I, th I think that the most important thing is for any parent is to know yourself yes. and do what you think is right to the best of your ability. Yes. What works for you, you know, because if you don't do what works for you and you spend your life trying to be something that you're not, you will be miserable your entire life. And like I say, you know, this life is not a dress rehearsal. You know, are you really going to spend your life doing something that makes you miserable every single day? That's, that's, that's not what you were meant to be. That's not what you were meant to do. And where you shine is somewhere different than where somebody else shines. Somewhere different than where your child shines. And it's up to us to recognize those passions and develop them in yourself and in your child. And if it works that your passion could be running a multi-million dollar company mm -hmm. outside of the home. If that's your passion, when you come back into the home, you're going to be a much happier human. It's like divorce. You know, you were talking about your divorce and your parents' divorce. I was divorced. And the reality is for parents that go, oh, we should stay together for the kids, but they're miserable and screaming and yelling. Number one, you are teaching that that's a normal relationship to your children. Number two, you don't think they're miserable and want to scream all the time because they're, they're living that stress every single day. Children will be much happier as hard as divorce is. And it is hard. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever go through. They want to know that their two parents are happy in their lives. And if that means they're in different homes, then they're in different homes because you're not doing them any favors, being miserable all the time. That is not helping your child to succeed in life. For a long time, we told um, my son that we got divorced because we just didn't get along and we didn't want to raise him in a household of fighting. And one day I just like, I didn't like how that sounded because children have a propensity to make it their fault. <laughs> and so in, embedded in that statement is we separated for you or because of you. And so I started saying that I was not happy and I wanted to be happy. And I found a relationship that I'm happy in. And we fit, I don't know how we did it. <laughs> I don't know how he and I did it, but we figured out how to really just not fight. And we talk about everything. And that's probably why we don't fight is because, you know, he said something the other day that really hurt my feelings. And I know that if I react in that moment, that he's going to escalate too. So exactly. You have to, you know, you have to learn. Another thing about making mistakes is hopefully you learn from them. And I know when I went into my second marriage, we've been married now for over 25 years. Uh, right off the bat, I was like, because in my first marriage, I was bringing up things that uh, happened 15 years ago. And to mm -hmm. my then husband's, you know, to his, whatever that word is, I'm trying to think of it. I can't think of what it is. For him, <laughs> it 
it was not fair to him. How could I ask him to talk about something that happened 15 years ago? So when I got remarried to my husband now, I said to him, I said, if I have something to say, I'm saying it. I am not waiting. I'm not letting it brew inside me. I'm going to be in your face and telling you about it, whether you like it or not. If you want to sit there silent, good, but I'm going to tell you about it. And here we are 25 years later. Actually, funny, I thought it was 24. And then my daughter had to remind me when I got married. She was like, Mom, it's been 25. And I was like, oh, that's a big year. I should have like celebrated that. <laughs> we'll celebrate next year. But, you know, I'll lose track. And, uh, but it's, it's important to learn, like, look at that relationship. What didn't work in that relationship? And how can I move forward to make this work? Which is what you should be doing through life, learning from things that didn't quite work. And that's what's good about exercising your child's disappointment muscle and helping them to learn that, you know, sometimes things don't go your way. Welcome to life. And then when that doesn't happen, let's figure out what we can do differently or how it can help you, you know, and maybe this next time it'll go, you know, a better way for you. I really um, think that's my favorite thing that you've said so far is the, is learn something every day. And uh, that's kind of, that's the blog that I had, that I started that's on my website has, it started in what lessons have I learned this week? And most of my lessons were coming from my son, which I thought was so cool. And, you know, Wednesday we had kind of a rough morning. He woke up on the wrong side of the bed and I would, I, I was trying to correct his mood, which is probably my, mis <laughs> that was probably my first mistake, but I was trying to correct his mood and he just wasn't, he wasn't having it. He wanted to be in a bad mood. And that's that's how my my first husband was is he just wanted to be in a bad mood all the time no matter he didn't want to ever look at the other side of something so that was kind of triggering for me that I would get mad and I'm also having flashbacks to you know when he's 15 months old screaming leaving the park like there was a little bit of that in there and then there was a little bit of you know trauma from the first husband that like that I became so miserable, miserable because he was miserable all the time. And, but once I kind of figured out, oh, I, there's a connection there. I'm not responsible for my son's bad mood and he's entitled to his bad mood. And it doesn't yeah. help when mom gets into a bad mood on top of it. And right. we have days when we're in good moods and we're in bad moods. I, you know, again, part of being human. Yeah. And so one of the things that, that I realized that morning was, you know, our nighttime routine needs to be a little more structured where we have the day planned for tomorrow and your bedtime's at nine o'clock and we want you to have your water and your hugs and, you know, and brush your teeth and have all that done before nine o'clock, not go, you know, go to your bed, come out of your bed. I need water. Go to your bed, come out of your bed. I need to brush my teeth. You know, like not have so much where you're actually not falling asleep till 10. And so the last two nights at 8.30, let's, let's set a routine. What do you have? Do you have your stuff for school? Where's your mask? Because <laughs> that's a thing. Um, 
and you know, let's get brush your teeth and get your water. And so we corrected this this problem before it became before it's a problem. And when becoming we, proactive. And that's yeah. what I teach parents. You know, it's it's right like now. if you, you know, you know something is reoccurring, an issue keeps reoccurring. If you know that's happening, that's the time to look at that issue. How can we fix it? How can we remedy it? Does it need a consequence if it happens? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe like you, it just needs to be part of that evening routine before bed. So you start and you resolve all these things. You know, you get your stuff, you pack up your backpack the night before so, and put it by the door. So all you have to do is walk out that door and grab that backpack. Being proactive to things solves all the problems of when you're being reactive and you're just flying by the seat of your pants. So, so let me ask you, my dear Alicia, we know uh, parents are feel guilty. We know moms have a lot of mom guilt. We, you know, we hear it all the time. And we know that as coaches, it's, it's an, it's a uh, unnecessary feeling and you need to stop comparing. You need to give yourself grace and talk about things and try to be proactive and work out things. Is there any last one easy tip. I know, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not big on putting band-aids on things because you want to get to the root of, of issues, but is there a suggestion you can make to the, our listeners of how they can help if they're feeling guilty in a situation? And then please tell us how our listeners can contact you. Uh, I want to see, you said, um, Grace, my favorite wor- word as a parent is compassion. Um, being compassionate for yourself, for any things that you have deemed as mistakes, um, or I should have, uh, don't be a should head. <laughs> <laughs> right. You should have all over yourself. <laughs> you should all over yourself. And in reality, I, one of the things that's really helped me inside my own personal development journey is, um, you know, I, I believe that, that my son was assigned to me and, you know, his soul picked mine or, you know, God placed him with me, whatever aligns with your beliefs. And God has inside that plan. He's, he's accounting for our mess ups. He knows that we're not perfect. So, and there's a reason he's putting those mess ups in our way. And if you think about my story and my mom, my, I had a sad mom because that was there to drive me to be a driving force in my mission to help create more joyful moms. And, you know, I, I would love to have had a happy mom. And I try to be a happy mom. Well, I don't try. I am a happy mom. (laughs) Uh, But if she had been a happy mom, I probably wouldn't care so much about whether other moms are happy. It, It wouldn't be that driving force for me. You know, it would. So maybe, you know, she signed up for the role that she played in my life. 
so that I could have that passion to help other moms. And And my son signed up for for what he went through to in order to light that fire. I I was taught, I don't know if you know Lisa Nichols, uh, but I was, I had the pleasure of being on a Zoom call with her once and uh, and I was crying. (laughs) And within 30 seconds of my tears, my son showed up and sat on my lap. And I said, on cue, here he is, tears show up, so does he. And Lisa Nichols said, he knows his assignment. He knows his purpose. And I I was like, in my life, my son has been a course correction for me. He got me out of a marriage that I wasn't supposed to be in. And he put me on this personal development journey and this mom guilt path. And I mean, he he consciously doesn't know all that, but I see it. I see how he's changed the course of my life. And when you just have that bigger picture view, compassion, I think is a lot easier. I I so agree. Yeah, Yeah, I really agree. You know, for me, at 62, there's so many, or am I 63 now? I think I'm 63. Uh, I think I turned another year older in February. I forgot. How convenient. But, you know, when you look back on life, every step of the way led me here. Mm-hmm. You know, everything. Like, you know, and and you think, oh, why did I go through that? I know what now why I went through that. And it's it's really interesting. It's really interesting to look back and go, oh, so that's why that happened. You know, and that's why this happened. And it's, I do, I strongly believe everything is a plan. It's God's will that you go through whatever you're going through. And um, so I definitely believe that. And uh, we have to examine and look. And a lot of times we don't know the reasons, but feeling guilty in my eyes is a wasted emotion because it just keeps you stuck in a place that you don't need to be. You should be more examining and looking at how you can move from whatever that is that's making you feel like, well, maybe I didn't make my best choices because that's how we learn. And that's how we learn to make better choices. And that's how your children learn to make better choices by the consequences that happen. You know, good good choices have good consequences. Not so good choices have not so good consequences. And we all hopefully learn that way. And part of being a mom is helping your child learn about, you know, the feelings that we get. They don't have that built into their brain. Someone has to teach them. And if you're spending a lot of time being guilty, you're not really teaching them what they need to know when something happens that doesn't quite go right in their life. Well, you're you're not present. Last thing I'll say. (laughs) Go, Go ahead. You're not present inside of guilt because guilt is borrowing misery either from the future or from the past. Um, And I think that, that all of the emotions that we have that we call negative emotions, they're actually there for a purpose. And guilt has a purpose. Guilt's purpose is to let you know that something is out of alignment. So if you're feeling guilty, then inside the, that, that guilt, there's, 
there's an alignment issue. Either you believe that you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, or you're not doing something that you believe that you should be doing. And so we can either change the circumstance or we can change the way we're thinking about the circumstances. So that's, I think. Really dive into it and break through and see why, why this is. And and be willing to grow. Yeah, it's a growth is uncomfortable. We call it growing pain for a reason. Exactly. But it's a necessary part of life because if you don't grow, like things that aren't growing are dead. Yep, exactly. To grow every day. So Alicia, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, Where, uh, please tell our listeners how how they can reach out to you. And I will also put that in the description of this podcast. Um, So I'm alishalyons.com. Um, is my website, all of social media. I'm mom support coach um, and all my contact information's on my website. Um, I'm actually starting a podcast soon in the next month to three months. It's called, it's called Imperfect Mommying, Better Parenting Through Personal Growth and Through Personal um, Healing. I love it. Yeah. Well, I am grateful that you decide to come on to my podcast and share all your genius with our listeners. And I know there's a lot of moms out there that are listening that are grateful to kind of start thinking this through a little deeper and really evaluate where that guilt's coming from and how they can turn it around and move forward. So thank you, Alicia, for being on. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. And to my listeners out there, Remember, in the description of the podcast, uh, you'll find all the links to Alicia. You'll also find all the links to me. As I always say, reaching out for help is a sign of strength and courage, not a sign of weakness. So if you need help, ask for it. And you will feel so much better once you figure out a better way. Instead of dwelling on, I really am lost and I don't know how to do this. So anyway, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. As always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter. It really is the best medicine. And I'll see you here next time right here in Pumped Up Parenting. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and being a part of my mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids be sure to head over to pumpeduppparenting.com and grab your free copy of the Patience Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, great news. Now there is. Pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, plus my three new children's books at celiasbooks.com. That's celiasbooks.com. If you're loving this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends and pay it forward and also leave a review so I know who you are and can thank you personally. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone in your family can blossom from. Have yourself a really happy, fun day. Bye-bye.